Hello and welcome to It's More Than Money. It's More Than Money has a focus to bring you inspiring stories from real people who strive to improve every day. People who aren't willing to settle for the status quo, they've shaken off any limiting beliefs they might have had and they've just gone after what they really want in life. We'll have all kinds of guests, we'll have business owners, entrepreneurs, masters of the mind, industry game changers and money experts who will all, through their own stories, provide invaluable insights into creating a life you never thought possible. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of It's More Than Money podcast. We really appreciate you continuing to listen and tune in to the great guests that we've got on. And today is no exception. We've got Dr. Greg Reed. Now, Greg is an author of two books in particular, Wealth Made Easy and The Millionaire Mentor, but he has been published in over 70 books worldwide in 40 different languages, inspired millions, rubbed shoulders with the most wealthiest and successful people in the world, And through that, he's discovered the secret recipes as to how these people get to those levels of wealth and levels of success. So in this episode, we do share some of that with Greg. There's there's stickability, flexibility, what it means in around wealth made easy, and the concept of CPC. This was a half hour of power. It was a great chat with Greg, really energetic guy, great guy to talk to. You're going to get a lot out of this episode. So tune in. Get your pen and paper because you want to take notes. Let's get into it. Hello, Greg Reed. Welcome to It's More Than Money podcast. How are you? Welcome. Amazingly great. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Now, it goes without saying the amount of content, the amount of influence and impact that you've had. You've dedicated your life to helping others and to achieve ultimate fulfillment and finding life with purpose. So can you give us a little bit of a backstory compared to where you are now? Yeah, and some failed miserably. Don't forget that part. <laughs> I mean, ah, as we do, as we hey, do. Exactly, because <laughs> it's the action and the law of attraction that makes our dreams a reality. You got to think it, feel it, get off your backside, take action. You got to do it. And unfortunately, sometimes we can give the greatest information, counsel, wisdom, but if other people don't choose to follow it, they might not have the same successes. So what was it? Was there a trigger point or defining moment where you saw your own potential beyond what you're already achieving to that point? No, actually, I think I'm the most unqualified guy to do what I do. I'm just very fortunate because I'm willing to take those action and find the solution for the challenges. So, for example, I'm dyslexic. I can't spell. I can't read very well. Play me words with friends. You'll win every time. But I've gone on to be part of 130 books, 45 languages, have a star on the walk of fame for writing books. The thing is you work your strengths and hire your weaknesses. I found amazing ghostwriters and editors that could take my gift of gab, craft it in a way people would want to read it. And here we are inspiring people around the globe. So it's just evolved over time. There was no defining moment. It was just something that built because it looked like you built a business and sold that for a million dollars or more. And did that then give you a bit of inspiration to go, you know what, I've actually got more here than I think. There's more I can actually do and bigger impact I can have. Yeah, well, that's how I got started into personal development. And, you know, it's interesting. The funny thing about personal growth is the pesky growth part, right? Because you got to go through the <laughs> challenges. <Sounds tiring. laughs> right. But from age 20 to 40, I only had one job. I was in advertising sales. And I had an epiphany moment where I realized I could go into this space. And I sold my business, you know, for a seven-figure pop. And I never looked back. But the main thing is the messages I was teaching I started applying myself. What a concept, right? And by doing so, ended up having a little bit of success along the way. So what are the key things that you did apply to help get you where you are today? And who, I guess, was probably, uh, there's probably no one, but what were some of the main influences in that? Well, surround yourself with people that are getting the results 
that you want for yourself. I surround myself with people I have respect for, not people I have influence over. And by doing that changes the paradigm. So when I wanted to be a best-selling book author, I went to Barnes and Noble and I bought every bestseller and I called those people up and said, how did you do it? What's the system? What's the racket? Teach me all the ins and outs. I didn't go to the best written book section. I'm dyslexic. I can't spell. So (laughs) I went to the best selling section. And by them teaching me their blueprint, I duplicated it and now have gone on to impact the lives of millions of people around the world. Is this where you speak of a lot too around seeking counsel and not opinions? Yeah, see, counsel is based on wisdom, knowledge, mentorship. Uh, you know, people have paved the way were opinions based on ignorance, lack of knowledge or inexperience. If I went to a family friend and say, I'm going to write a best-selling book, they'll talk me out of it to protect me, to keep me safe. And they've never written a best-selling book. But if I went to Jack Canfield, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, sold a billion copies, he's going to say, Greg, sit down. Here's what you need to know and give you counsel based on wisdom, knowledge, mentorship. If we would spend our activity only seeking and listening to counsel and ignoring opinion, that's the day our lives would change. And I believe, in, and I've always seen myself firsthand and in others, that to evoke any kind of change, we have to have awareness. So what are some of the obvious cues that people can look for to determine whether it's opinion versus counsel? Well, again, ask people. I, I don't think it's complicated no. at all. So if someone comes up and says, hey, here's how you hit your backhand in tennis. I'm going to say, awesome. What makes you an authority on that? And they go, I don't know. You just should. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to it. But someone says, I won four Wimbledons, and this is the best way yeah. that we realize to do it. I'm going to pay attention because it's counsel and not just opinion. So obviously, the, for most people, there's no opportunity to talk to a Wimbledon tennis player. But as far as in their own little networks, are there cues they can look for which are, okay, is this per- person uh, expressing their opinion or are they actually providing counsel? Is it just a matter of, like you said, be upfront and say, what makes you an authority on this? True and, true and false. So true, the last part, false is that they can't reach out to these people. That's just complete, total, utter bullshit. The most successful people are the most available people. And until you have that mindset, then perhaps those doors won't open, but everyone has the same access. We only have, everyone has the same amount of time. Everyone has social media. It's super easy. Um, and the most successful people are also the most available, but you do it with specificity. Listen, no one wants to brain pick. No one wants to go to lunch with you. They don't want coffee. They don't want you to be of service. (laughs) They just want specificity. So for example, if I wanted to have access to the founder of Remax Real Estate and I was working on a book, I'd reach out and say, Dave, I need 12.5 minutes of your time. That's all I promise. I'll cover all my own expense to come to you from the moment I open the door till the time I leave, I'll start a stopwatch, 12 and a half minutes. I'm going to ask you one simple question, X, Y, Z. The chance of that person coming down from their office to the break room is so high for that. So people have to understand mm. that. And once they do, you can have access to anyone you want. I really like that, that specificity thing. It's, a, it's really clear. And even as you're telling me, if someone was actually emailing me with that sort of message, I'd be going, yeah, cool. You've got it. Here it is. Because it's yeah, so clear is- and so defined. And also, yeah, I'll be on stage. There's 10,000 people. You get off. There's a long line. They want to say the nicest things, by the way. I love it. It's like, how can I be of help? How can I be a contributor? How can I work with? I don't got 30 minutes to do a resume check. <laughs> and someone comes up and says, dude, loved your talk. Saw your Instagram. You have a million followers. I make memes. Let me send you one if you like it. Maybe you'll use me. Six seconds. I know who you are, what you do. You got my cell phone. We're in contact. Yeah. That's the key, man. Do you believe it's a confidence thing for a lot of people? They're actually not sure of themselves or what they want. And therefore, when they're starting to say something, they're just, they're not being succinct. 
Well, it's specificity. Yeah. So once you have specificity, then you'll know exactly what you're working on and going towards. But again, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist. I don't know what people are thinking. I'm just sharing with you what I've done and what my friends do. Listen, a good friend of mine's here at the house. His name's Mark Anthony Bates. And we wrote this book called Wealth Made Easy. And I know you're around money. And he taught me a great lesson. He said, CPC is literally the blueprint towards success and happiness. And it's an acronym that stands for clues, C, patterns, P, choices, C. It's about accountability and responsibility for every single thing that happens. It's your fault. Stop blaming other people (laughs) for your own situations. Look, I'm a single guy. And let's say I go out on a first date. The woman happens to be uh, 20 minutes late. Now, anything could have happened, right? But there's a little red flag. That's a C. That's a clue. But I like her. So I go out on the 20th and 30th date. And every time she's 20 minutes late, that forms a P, which is a pattern. Now it's my other C, my choice, whether I deal with it, I yell at her, I break up with her, I tell her a different time. So she shows up, but it's not her fault. She's just late. But unfortunately, most of us try to change people to fit into our own little paradigm. And the news flashes, no one wants to be changed. But I've seen people with a bad reputation in business. They cheat your best friend. You do business thinking it'll be different. When things go wrong, you're mad at the person. You saw the clue. You saw the pattern. You made the choice. You can't see a rattlesnake rattle, bite your kid's sister. You go to pet it, get bit, and you're mad at the snake. Looking back in life, we'll never be angry at relationships that failed or negotiations that fell through. We're just mad at ourselves because we stayed in too late. Yeah, I love that. Very succinct. Specificity, yeah. very much. Well, Mark, Mark, Mark Anthony Bates is a genius. You got to get him on your call. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'll have to reach out and hopefully he's available as well. So for you, you've worked with the biggest names in business, uh, venture capital, sports, entertainment, all those types of people. Why are where they are and what do they have that others, while aspiring for similar, aren't you know currently putting into practice? What differentiates those people? Yeah, stickability with flexibility. You know, one of my favorite interviews, uh, Truett Cathy, founder of Chick-fil-A. I go, hey, man, I want to be a billionaire like you. What do I do? And he said, ah, stop planning. I go, what? I go, that goes against everything I've ever learned. Yeah, goes, absolutely. Last year, yeah, he goes, last year you had a lot of plans. I go, yeah. He goes, how did that work out for you? He goes, two years ago, you had a lot of plans. I guarantee that didn't happen. He goes, but you might have hit a goal from time to time because you're scrappy. But how it came to fruition wasn't as you expected. He said, you got to look for and capitalize on unexpected opportunity. He said, if I'm in the sofa and I want to get to the end of the street, I have to have stickability. I'm not going to quit with the flexibility. I'm going to look for opportunity. A planner is going to plan every step where they're going to pause, take a break. If a sprinkler comes on, it freaks them out and they run back home. (laughs) He goes, I'm looking for opportunity. He goes, did a kid leave a skateboard or a bicycle out that I could borrow to make my journey short? If I get lucky, a neighbor will drive by and I'll hitch a ride to the end of the street. He goes, either way, I'll get to my goal. I'm just not so caught up in exactly how it has to transpire. Is it also more about setting an intention and rather being fixated on that end result? So the flexibility comes about in what the actual result is, not just how you get there? Yeah. Back to Mark Anthony Bates. He he did this uh, whole presentation called F the how. It's like, you know, forget the how. I mean, if you start focusing on the how, you never get started. You know, it's interesting. I did a major motion picture called Wish Man. And the founder of Make-A-Wish, I asked him what his wish was. And he said, I just wanted my story to be told into a major feature so my kids will know that I did something. Mm -hmm. So I said, I'll do that, but just know I never made a movie. And he trusted me and it took me years and years, but here's how it started. I sat there and said, well, I got to start with a screenplay. I go, who writes screenplays? 
So I took an ad out on a secretive website that no one's ever heard of. It's called Craigslist. And a guy for 25 bucks answers the ad, goes on to write the movie, direct the movie, produce it with me. And we won awards around the globe trending on Netflix around the, the world. And the moral is, is that all I did is had a vision and then I let the universe conspire to help me to make it come to life. So I've seen that you've spoken of this as well. You had this sort of what you refer to as this knowing that it was just the thing to do. Now, can you explain that a little bit for anyone listening as to what, what was that for you in that moment? How did you just know? What was that feeling? Yeah, well, I don't hope. I don't wish. I don't believe. I did go towards the knowing. You know that gut thing. Look, yeah. the great sense is if you have to wonder if something's right or wrong, chances are it's wrong. And that's how I live yeah. my life. So even if I'm driving down the street, going to the grocery store, if my gut says, what's down that street? I'm going to take a detour. I don't know why. I just do. I just follow my knowing, right? And it's amazing the things that tend to pop up in my sphere. People go, oh, you're lucky. I I just follow the the instinct, the gut check. You know what I mean? And it's interesting because I believe Rumi, the philosopher, had a great quote. Whatever you seek is also seeking you. So if you put out good, good tends to come back our way. So basically is, or not basically, I should oversimplify it, but you're effectively following your calling and in those very minute ways throughout any given day, like you said, as an example, for some reason, I feel like I should just go down that street. Let's go. Is that what you've always done? No, it takes practice. It's like anything. (laughs) But recently I've been, you know, when I get into my meditation state, your prayer state, uh, what we choose to call, uh, I sit there and ask every single day, it says, please remove, delete, and uh, cast away any, all things, people, energies, entities, projects, programs that don't serve me and replace them with those that do. Now, the next day when someone th- leaves me, I can't get angry because I just asked for it. And then we get here, right? But our instincts are going, wait, don't go. But I just asked yeah. for it to be deleted. And all of a sudden it's removed, right? So after a while, you start getting used to it and you'll be amazed how fast energy works, how fast it is, yeah. especially when we're attuned to it and pay attention. And when you allow it, you allow it to do its thing. Like you said, you ask for anything that's blocking it to get out of the way and you allow what you're supposed to receive to come through. Exactly. And be careful what you ask for, because it might come your way, but we don't like the packaging in which it comes. So we send it away. So for example, God, I need a hundred dollars. Dear Lord, I need a hundred dollars. <laughs> Neighbor drives up in a pickup truck. He says, Hey man, I got all these aluminum cans in the back. Why don't you go cash them in? They're worth a hundred bucks. I don't want your stinky <laughs> things. Get those out of my way. You asked, you prayed, it was delivered. You didn't like the packaging. The chances are next time you ask and pray, it won't be delivered the same. So for me, what I do is I get out of the universe's way. So when I ask and throw it out there, I'm not attached to the, you know, the deliverable in which it's going to magically appear. So the ego plays a big role in all of us. And I know for myself that it creeps in the back door, the side door, the, the, the awning, whatever it may be. It finds a way in almost so many times throughout the day, the week, or whatever it may be. How do you keep yours in check and keep a perspective on how you want things to be while maintaining that flexibility as well for how you get there. Are you talking about ego? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm I'm not a big ego guy. So that's, that's not our stuff. You know, there's a quote by, uh, who was it? Ronald Reagan. And and it said basically on his desk, what was it? It wasn't basically, it was exact. It says we can do amazing things in this world as long as we don't mind who gets the credit. Yeah. Uh, and I just think that's powerful. So if, if, again, I'm on stage, if I share a message and somebody has an aha three years later, 
They don't have to say, oh, I heard that from Greg. I just hope that they get that message the same way it was delivered to me. Because all my aha moments when I'm working on these books and things, I guarantee someone shared them with me years ago. And I think it's my magical creative thought. I think everything is just energy around us. And we're just tapping into the source and pulling what we need at the time we need it. Does your sense of purpose become clearer and evolved over time? Or you've, you've always been really clear and it was just you had to take different steps to make it more profound and more prominent in your life and what you do with people and those around you? You know, it's a, it's a tricky word, you know, purpose. I don't wake up with that burning desire thing. Yeah. I, I, I don't live that, that, that life. I, I happen to do what I love to do. So I guess you look back, but I created the life. I mean, let's just cut to the chase. No one gave me anything. I, think I just, I sat there and said, wouldn't it be great to have a life where you don't have to set an alarm clock, you impact lives of other people, you get paid to do what you love to do, and you go out and you get to play every single day and experiment in new modalities. And that's what we created. So, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's passionate, but it's not like I'm following this save the spotted owls thing. You know what I mean? It's, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's open-minded to all that's possible. There's a big difference. Uh, Daniel Laporte uh, did this thing. It says uh, the difference between non-attached and detached. So yeah. I'm a non-attached guy. Detached means we don't care. Non-attached means I do my very best and I'm not attached to the outcome. So when I do a best-selling book, I put everything into that book. And as soon as I release it, it's out of my hands. Now, people love it. Don't want, that's not my thing. I'm going to the next book. So what I do is I have a, so a good power of being able to release so I can go forward to do something next. I get it. I totally understand exactly what you're talking about. And I think that's one of the, what I've seen in people and even in myself over the years, that's the hardest part is how we get attached to things and whether we attach our self-worth or anything to it, that's what actually keeps us stuck. So I really like that philosophy you got. It's obviously working. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. You know, this is, is this about or this, your, your podcast? Is it around money, wealth, prosperity? It's more than money. So it's actually about money in some regard, but it's actually about fulfillment and abundance and prosperity beyond money and what all those traditions are. Well, I'm going to go ahead and screw up this whole thing for you. And, and, and so it would be interesting. If you're open to it, 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 Absolutely. Might, yeah. it, might, it, might, it might hurt your head a little bit, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> so when I was doing this book called Wealth Made Easy, I, for three years, I interviewed people worth a hundred million to a billion dollars. And I kept finding out, you know, the magical blueprints. And by the way, people worth a hundred or 300 million to 700 million were the most miserable people I met just mm. for whatever it's worth. Um, it's very interesting. Uh, if you're like 10 million and below, that's the new Beverly Hillbillies. Like you have a good life, you have <laughs> first class, you got a good thing going. A billionaire, you're pretty stoked. But 700 million, you're so close to that B number, but you're not quite there keeping up with the Joneses. And it's really interesting to see the, mm. uh, the mentality. But I remember I sat down with a guy worth many billions and he taught me something and it was game changing when it comes to wealth. And I said, why are you so successful? Why are you so wealthy? And I'm not. I go, I have the same passion, same purpose, the same drive, the same connections. He goes, that's easy. He goes, it's because you believe all the bullshit lies that you're spreading to the world. He goes, would you continue to do that? You're making us rich and we appreciate it. <laughs> and I went, oh, that's pretty cool. I go, why don't you tell me exactly what you're talking about so I can learn? Yeah. And he sits there and he pulled out a phone and it had a meme that I posted that day on Instagram. And it said, follow your passion and not a paycheck. And he goes, and then you wonder why you're broke, you dumbass. <laughs> and I went, whoa. And he goes, here's what wealthy people do. He says, you can be someone that you work your whole life in admirable profession. Let's say you're a welder. 
You finally retire after 40 years. You got a nest egg. You go to a Tony Robbins seminar. You get all fired up. You can go find your passion. You open a yogurt shop. Well, 95% of the businesses that fail the first year isn't because they're not passionate. It's not because they're not funded at first. It's because they're a welder, know nothing about yogurt, but it's their baby, their passion. So they hold on with dear life. And as they go under like an anchor going to the bottom of the ocean, they pull their house and their car and their boat and goes, we sweep in by that pennies on the dollar. Please keep teaching people this. (laughs) Me and he goes, well, we're like a game of Frogger. We ride a log and as soon as it dips, we jump to the next log. We can never go down with the ship. It's just business. He goes, then we create so much wealth, so much prosperity that we use that finances. Here's where it gets tricky to finance our passion. He goes, you guys just do it in reverse. And that's why you fail miserably. He goes, every millionaire that lost their money did it following their passion. He goes, but you've never seen a billionaire lose all their money because they're thinking a different point of view crazy right and then he says do you think the sheiks in the rain for i mean the sheiks in the desert have got passion for crude oil under their feet do you think the gettys had passion for crude oil started america he said do you think the waste management has passion for dirty diapers and rotten cheese he goes do you think the aggregate dealers that built the freeways have passion for sand and gravel but they built every university every ballet the sports the arenas everything He goes, but while we're building coliseums and football NFL teams, people following their passion are giving their brain matter down on the field, following their love. He goes, until you can switch that and see it from a different point of view, you'll always be exactly where you're at. So is it a case of chasing the money to then feed the passion? Or seeking an opportunity. See, I disagree. Okay. We keep saying these words, but I, I... I can't go with you. I'm sorry. Uh, again, the, the wealthiest people I know did it doing stuff they were not passionate about. It's all, it's all crap that you hear in these personal development books. Don't believe the hype, people. Don't believe it. Please don't. Look, Jeff Bezos, the richest guy in the world. Go find Google this today. Interview on the streets in 1980s. And he sits there and says, he goes, look, I was a passion about books and internet. He goes, I saw an opportunity with our internet. The yeah. thing I could sell was a book. So my dad loaned us money. We started this business. Now he's got so much money, he's financing rocket ships and all the stuff he wants to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, if absolutely. You, if you look at Elon Musk, he saw an opportunity for a new pay structure, like a new Bitcoin back in the day of PayPal, and use that to finance. And now he's going to Mars. If you go back and see the cardboard kings, the guy who invented the spork, the guy who did all this stuff, they're the ones that are doing the greatest things in the local communities. And they didn't do it following their passion. They did it following an opportunity. And this is why we have you on, is to give these different points of view. And this is incredible. This is exactly why we wanted to talk to you. And then you're sharing this wisdom and this knowledge that you've had out of talking to these different people. So a great perspective. I don't have any negatives to say around what you're sharing. And I totally understand what you're saying. So thank you for being so open and honest. And part of this path that you've walked and who you've talked to and walked with You've mentioned about it's not about reaching the most people. It's about reaching the right people. Now, to me, this is a case for both life and pursuits in general, whether it be business or career or whatever it may be. But can you talk us through, I guess, maybe the more obvious points behind why it's important to find the right people versus just uh, the most people? No, I mean, you just explained it. I mean, if you have to explain <laughs> that to somebody. I, I'm not their right audience for you. I'll, I'll tell you that flat out. Uh, I will say the reason why some people are filling coliseums and putting butts in seats and selling tickets for free or for $10 
compared to what we do with our secret knock or prosperity camp, where it's many thousands of dollars and you can't go. I mean, you, it's, we're the greatest event in the world that you can't go to. And we're sold out standing room only months in advance because we only attract the most amazing people. And if you'll take action and go to our website, fill out an application, talk to someone, make sure it's a good fit, then we'll accept your money. We do everything in reverse. And by doing it that way, we attract the most powerful, amazing human beings. You have to be a billionaire or a rich person, but you have to be willing to take action. Uh, again, you have to be willing to do something. Because again, if I'm going to bring in astronauts and billionaires and government leaders and officials and put them in front of you, we don't want you to stink up the room. You know, I mean, we want you to add some value <laughs> working towards something that these people could add value. And then I'm telling you the greatest way you honor your mentors is to have success. So when someone comes to our event and they're brand new and they found a way to come and they're hungry and then they meet someone who's got that, you know, that one thing that they've been looking for and then he started and it blows up. That's the greatest way you can honor yourself, your mentors and those around you, because it's the action again in the law of attraction. So if you were to close out a conversation, I really appreciate your time. I know you're busy. Is that how you can sum it up is basically take action rather than the excuses and buying into those old philosophies of follow your passions, is it take action and follow those that have done the same? Yes. And think about this. How many times have you had a million dollar idea in the shower? And by the time you brush it <laughs> down the drain, 10 years later, you drive down, see a billboard, there's your idea. The only difference between you and them is they did something. They took action with it. And so to me, I'd rather take action and fail and take action and readjust, take action and thing before everyone else is just thinking about it. So like right now I'm working on another major motion picture, a, a TV, a couple of TV shows. I don't know anything about this business, but so I'm reaching out to people who's been on TV, who's won an Oscar, who's won a Golden Globe, who's won Emmys and find out what they did. What's the system? And again, I don't bog them down. I need just 12.5 minutes. And then I prepare the question I'm going to ask so I can get the most of that <laughs> time and then go and do something crazy, apply it and then report back and let them know. Think about this. If I sat there and said, I need 12.5 minutes of your time and said, all I want to know is how you do this. I do it, apply it, have success and come back and say, remember when I met you a month ago and I asked for this, I did it. Here's my results. What should I do next, sir? The chance of that person giving me all the time that I want is a hundred percent because I just separated myself from a hundred percent of everybody else. It seems like you have no fear. Is it just a matter of you just have no excuses and you just act? Sure. I, I, I just don't see why people overly complicate things in their head. I just, I, when I was a kid, everyone watching this right now, when you were a kid, your mom said, you can do anything you put your mind to. That's true. That's true. So do that and reach out or find someone who can connect with. Look, yeah. you don't have to be the star player, uh, the Kobe Bryant of the basketball team. But, you know, if you got a passionate for a passion for basketball and you're a good janitor, Geez, well, imagine having a job at the Staples Center where you get to hang out with all your idols doing what you're good at and it's still, you know, providing for your friends and family. I mean, that's an admirable way of living life. And so to me, I'm saying just go, go do that. Stop thinking, start taking action. You can do it too. I agree. And I, I think you've been one of the most direct and specific people we've had on our show. I really loved what you've got to talk about. I really appreciate your time. As I said, I know you're busy. So Greg, thank you so much for being on It's More Than Money podcast. Incredibly valuable in a very short space of time. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. And by the way, Prosperity Camp's coming up in August 3rd and 4th in my home. 
my own private estate in San Diego. And Beautiful. if you go to prosperitycamp.com, you fill out an application, you can be one of the few 50 people that get to hang out with millionaires, billionaires, celebrities. <laughs> people have done something. And that person's going, well, I'm scared. I am afraid. Don't apply. But for the one person sitting there going, you know what? My time is now. Yeah. I'm going to start doing something. I look forward to seeing you then. Awesome. Thank you so much, Greg. Enjoy your evening. Bye. Thank you for listening to It's More Than Money. This podcast has been recorded and produced at Brisbane Podcasting Centre. Before we go, don't forget to click on the subscribe button for this podcast and wherever you listen to it, give it a rating as well. If you'd like to find out more, you can always go to our website, parentfg.com, or you can find us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Please leave a suggestion for a future topic if you wish. Either way, we'd love to hear from you, so let us know your thoughts. We'll have another episode soon. Thanks for listening to It's More Than Money. Take care and catch you next time.